If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. poll came out and it found that 70% of millennials, 70% of millennials said they would vote for a socialist. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe that? Millennials said they would vote. (laughs) I get your point, Conan. Yeah, Um, I see that poll too. We've got it uh, in our back pocket. We'll be talking about it more. It's uh, shocking. Whatever they mean by socialism. And and communism too, by the way. Yeah, but, uh, you know, those who do not uh, study history are doomed to repeat it. And so we probably will at some point. We, oh man, I was just reading about uh, this gal who escaped from one of your Chinese prison camps. What's going on in there? Oh boy, taking a page out of the North Korean book. It's ugly, hmm. really ugly. Our friends, communist China. So uh, maybe you've heard that they're going to have an impeachment vote in the House. When is that scheduled? I think it's Thursday, isn't is it? it? Th- this Thursday? Oh, that's exciting. Well, long and short of it, it's been kind of half an impeachment up till now. It's been an impeachment inquiry. And the White House has said, well, that's not a thing. We're not cooperating. We're ignoring your subpoenas and the rest of it. Now, the Democrats have defended what they're doing, the closed-door hearings, by saying, it's well, it's the investigation phase. So, yeah, it's behind closed doors. We're not going to do it in public. 
investigators don't investigate publicly. They keep their notes to themselves as they're building a case that they might bring, or they might decide, no, there's no case here. But as Trey Gowdy said, when you do do that behind closed doors, you don't go out and have press conferences or leak the information that backs your side to the media uh, Immediately, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so Nancy Pelosi has seen that uh, this does seem a, a bit half-assed, and so they're going to hold an official impeachment inquiry and get every—I'm sorry—a vote rather and get everybody on the record as to whether the House is impeaching the guy or not. I think it's which an, is probably a step forward. Yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting argument, though. On one hand, there's so little about impeachment in the Constitution; there's just not that much, mm-hmm. and and you've got three precedents, only three, but they're spread out over 150 years, right? So. Does that mean the way we, that's the way you have to do it forever? Because a third of them happened 150 years ago. Well, and, 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 so you got 1868, 1974, and 1998, or whatever. And Nixon's never really came to fruition. I mean, some of the preliminaries did, definitely. So there's precedent up until he jumped on uh, Marine One and, and gave the peace signs. Um, but anyway, I've been reading various people's comments on uh, who who know better on this impeachment process. And one of my favorites, you know, I should ask for the tape. James Carville did a, a sit down with Sean Hannity and we're saying, uh, tell you what, we had a uh, 71% uh, popularity. We had a war room. We had a strategy. We had uh, my job was to kick Ken Starr. He said, I've never had more fun in my life than I did kicking Ken Starr. Making <laughs> That's fun of him. That was a good time. Uh, so anyway, um, but uh, Ken Starr came out and said, the House really needs to strive for the appearance of fairness. Even partisans back in the day realized, I need to look sober I need to look dignified. I need to look even-handed. This needs to look like serious people taking a constitutional duty seriously. And Starr says Adam Schiff is not doing that at all. For Schiff to essentially declare guilt at this point is another procedural irregularity. He should try his best to give the appearance of fairness and open-mindedness. He's already declared the president substantively guilty as well as procedurally guilty. But everything we do now is a procedural irregularity. Right. That's like everything that happens now is a new way to handle it. Whether it's Mitch McConnell not taking up the Supreme Court justice or, I mean, it just there's one after another for years and years. We just keep breaking new ground on how to handle these things. Right. He added, let's not declare anyone guilty as Chairman Schiff just basically did. That's incompatible with our system of fundamental fairness. But I believe there's a house cleaning underway. If criminal charges are brought, we'll be able to read the indictment just as we did during the Mueller investigation. We can read those indictments, evaluate them, and of course see what happens. I think he's making two arguments at once, though. He's making the principled argument that, you know, if you had a judge... Uh, just just really in, in court saying to some young defendant, hey, guilty guy, shut up. Hey, does the guilty guy's attorney, you got anything to say for the guilty SOB? I mean, people would be outraged because that's just, oh, my God, that's just, it's unprincipled. It's awful. And that's half of the argument that Ken Starr is making. I think the other half of the argument is that he's saying you're going to lose if you look like a witch hunter, 
This just doesn't look fair. It doesn't look like something the American people will get behind. And I think he has a point. On the other hand, and I now have at least three hands. Cool. Take you I'm, on a trip around the country. <laughs> you should charge see people juggle. A, charge people a dollar holler to see you behind a curtain. You should see what I can do to a, a willing lover. See the three-armed man. So what was this joke I made about uh, making love with a chimpanzee? Their feet are like another set of hands. I don't need to hear that. Anyway, uh, good times. Oh, where, where was I? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, on the other hand, I don't think Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi have any expectation whatsoever that the president is uh, convicted and removed. Right, right. Yeah, so, so why would they bother with any of the decorum? Absolutely. If the whole point is to inflict political damage, we'll do it every step along the way. If you're right. Adam Schiff and that's what they're doing every single day. Oh, I look unimpartial or partial, I guess. I, I look like a partisan, do I? Fine, that's great. I just want my district back. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do damage to the guy that's currently present so he's weakened when he's uh, running next year. Yeah, we happened to be at a gathering last night uh, that included quite a number of hardcore progressive types, and they were utterly convinced that, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the impeachment it will go ahead and, and he will be removed. I mean, the, the evidence is just rock solid of... Uh, you know, uh, obstruction of justice and uh, and the Ukraine thing and the rest of it. And I'm just telling you, friends, and I, you know, I, this is my neutral analyst hat. I'm just like, uh, I feel the same way. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, to a large extent, I feel the same way about the whole impeachment thing as I do about uh, Astros uh, Nationals tonight. I'm just really curious to see how it comes out. And with that hat on my head, I'm telling you, you're wrong. The obstruction of justice stuff is really, really weak, particularly since there's no underlying crime. And the Ukraine stuff, it it doesn't look good. It really doesn't. But with an election right around the corner, is uh, being obsessed with Hunter Biden reason to boot a guy out of office? He investigated his political rival. He held up the aid. Yeah, that doesn't look good. I don't like it, honestly. But I'm, it's not just, it's not just, there's not enough impact on the American people. The Ukrainian, you know who, the Ukrainians might uh, impeach Trump. I don't know if that's a thing. They might be pretty mad about it, but well, it's just not that strong. As I mentioned earlier, there is a, there was an op-ed piece over the weekend in the Wall Street Journal by a couple of lawyers, one of them a law professor and one of them a lawyer from the H.W. Bush administration. Uh, regardless, it's, you know, high level legal minds who think absolutely nothing to this impeachment thing. So everybody that's in law doesn't agree. Right. That this is an open shut case. So we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Well, 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 a lot of grandstanding though. Well, it's the age of hyperbole, man. Everybody's got to scream like their hair is on fire about everything all the time. Or you don't get any attention. Right. Which is probably our mistake. Oh, which which reminds me, this is the we, we ought to start screaming partisan nonsense. We'd we'd be much more wealthy. Eh, I don't know. That's why I'm here. Um, uh, it reminds me something that matters that's not partisan. The deficit numbers we hit we hit another record on Friday. Uh, I want to go through some of the some of that coming up because it's actually impactful, important to every man, woman, and child in the country. Don't worry about it. The kids are so stupid they don't realize we're running up their credit cards. <laughs> and that congresswoman resigned because she was involved in relationships with staffers. I asked uh, I asked about that, and a bunch of people texting in the workplace if you've avoided relationships because of the company rules. I've never known anybody who did, but uh, we got some varying opinions on that. Our text line is 
295-KFTC. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Baghdadi's underwear. That's how we verified al-Baghdadi was the blown up pieces of bits in the, was it a cave? Um, he ran off with a suicide oh. vest, blew himself, blew, blew himself up with his, uh, with a bunch of kids around scumbag. Anyway, how did we, uh, when I heard they verified his DNA, I thought, oh, they must have got some DNA somehow. His underwear, some uh, curd. Uh, somehow got a hold of Baghdadi's underwear. Well, we had a mole in ISIS, which is really astounding. Secret agent. Oh, how brave is that guy? Yikes. How but close, yeah, they, how close to Baghdadi would you have to get to get his underwear? In his home? Within arm's length, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, I don't think they snatched it off his arse. Hey, look over there. Yank. Oh, boy. Pants so, him. So this guy calls uh, his, his U.S. Uh, buddies. Says, oh, yeah, he's at the 123 Main Street. He's right there. I'm telling you, I just talked to him. And I guess uh, our guys said, uh, we need proof. I just told you he's here. Now we need proof. We need uh, something with his DNA. Get, get his underpants for us. Wait, wait a minute now. Wait, 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 wait. His underpants? <laughs> yeah, we need his underpants. Um, he's wearing them. <laughs> How about the laundry? Oh, God. I never should have taken this job. All right. I'll get the other pants. <laughs> and he kind of, did. What kind of underwear does a scumbag like Baghdadi wear? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I don't know what's popular in the Middle East. Very hot and sandy there. I'm, I'm thinking probably boxer briefs. Mm, something. Something to keep the sand out of your craw. Um, the deficit rose to $984 billion. On uh, hit that on Friday, I guess it's the highest in several, seven years announced by the Treasury. That's the annual overspending. Yeah, the annual. Yeah, the annual deficit. The budget deficit, exactly, as opposed to the debt. An increase of two hundred five billion dollars from twenty eighteen levels. Let me give you some of the numbers. So, the federal revenue went up by three point nine percent in the. <sighs> That's- that's in the last, great. last fiscal year. In yep. spite of the tax cuts. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. So the devastating tax cuts. Um, Only dire deficits. Federal revenue went up 3.9%. You'd think, well, that should cover our bills. Nope. Yep. Spending went up 8%. I, I would tell you what. Almost exactly no, double. There is no denying this. The Trump administration has done zero to control out-of-control spending. Nothing. Haven't even tipped their cap at. Well, you could take out the word Trump and put in almost every president of the last hundred years, and that would be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the possible, with the exception of Reagan, who tried. Yeah, it's amazing. It must be when you get to D.C., you realize, and I've said this many times. I don't like the term "deep state" because it sounds too scary, and uh, you know, it's too easily mockable. But the pure, the permanent bureaucracy, Washington, D.C., must be so enormous and so powerful, you just dare not 
make even the slightest feint at, at reducing the size of government. Well, I want to hit you with some more of these statistics because they're they're pretty interesting. And I just if if you look at a curve of the, of the deficit, it goes up with Republicans and Democrats and Democratic houses and Democratic or in Republican houses. It just it just goes up. It's just it's a one direction thing mostly over time. Uh, the increase mostly due to increased spending on mandatory programs such as Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. That's right. The bulk of it was stuff you have no control over because it's just baked into our lifestyle of well, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And yeah, yeah, it's the law. Entitlements. Oh, but you short. can't change that because, like I said, it's baked into our lifestyle. We expect this sort of stuff. That is the definition of, well, that's what the word entitlement means. We believe we're entitled to these things. So there's no there's no talking about it at all. Uh, the the, bu- the bed- budget deficit is big in historical standards, as federal debt is expected to rise significantly in the coming years, heading toward the largest size relative to the economy since World War II. In a time <laughs> in a time of peace and prosperity, we're going to have uh, a similar deficit in relationship to the economy as during the worst depression in world history and the worst war in world history. Wow. Wow, that just speaks to the incredible irresponsibility of... of this is my favorite well, part. Baby boomers, modern politics, whatever you have, voters. Main, mainstream economists, including Federal Reserve Chairman Jer- Jerome Powell, who I think Trump has called a weasel or something, uh, say the government's fiscal course is not sustainable. You don't say. Wow, well, why? Nevertheless, there are fewer and fewer calls for legislation in Congress by Democrats or Republicans to attempt to reduce the budget deficit. Fiscal hawks have acknowledged that their calls for deficit reduction are going ignored. There's nobody in any of the party no. that cares. No, they just literally are ignored. Nobody even bothers to respond to them. Here's a guy <laughs> who works for a uh, nonprofit uh, group that cares about the deficit. Doesn't matter who he is. With all the important investments we need to make in our future, we find ourselves in a situation where interest costs are the fastest growing program in the federal budget. The fastest growing program in our government is interest costs. Yeah, shut up. This the foundation this guy runs, the Peterson Foundation, also estimated that the federal government this year will spend more on interest than children. We'll spend more on interest than we do on kids, and soon we'll spend nearly as much on interest as on national defense. A simplified pie chart of the federal budget, Jack, informs us that about 62% of the entire federal budget is mandatory spending. Entitlements. 62%. Defense is about 15%. Non-defense discretionary is about 16%. And net interest is, at this point, 7.6%. Here's a quiz question I'll bet everybody's going to get right. Would you say current interest rates are... Very high, kind of high, low, or very low. <laughs> Interest rates are now historically, practically hysterically low. And our interest uh, is uh, almost 8% of the federal uh, expenditures. Federal we spend budget. more on interest than we do on children. We're soon to spend more on interest than on defense. And we spend more money on defense than every other planet in the world added together, minus China. Right, right. Uh, yeah, let's see. So, uh, interest is about 8%. Um, God dang it. health is about 5%. You know, and uh, we, we just keep running up debt, but nobody cares. No, nobody You're cares. Me. Shut nobody up. cares. Nobody asks Santa Claus to bring fewer presents.
So just be quiet. You can't blame the politicians. The voters don't care. So the what are you going to do? The government is Santa Claus. It gives us stuff and we don't have to pay for it because it's made by elves. <laughs> Hooray for government. <laughs> Hooray for government. Marshall's News is coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. I got to tell the story of how the electrical outage affected the medical procedure for my son at my home yesterday. Oh, yeah. As I live in Haiti, I'm broadcasting from Haiti, where we don't have electricity. Not much, anyway. Um, so, uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, wildfires are indeed spreading in California, and so are the power cuts. Pacific Gas and Electric says it's planning to cut power to 650,000 homes, businesses, schools, and other organizations today. That is almost 2 million people, and they're going to do this because high winds, once again, <laughs> threaten to bring down the power lines. That they haven't maintained for decades. Yes. The announcement with the approval of the crooked, crooked state of California. The announcement came even before the last blackout had ended. Powerful winds driving multiple fires across California. The biggest, the Kincaid Fire in Sonoma County, has grown now to 75,000 acres. It is 15% contained, and that's it so far. And again, they were expecting powerful winds to move back in later on today. Pentagon Chief Mark Esper says the security situation in Syria remains very complex after the death of the ISIS leader, al-Baghdadi. Esper saying U.S. forces in Syria are turning to protecting Syria's eastern oil fields from ISIS and keeping out Syrian and Russian forces. Esper made, uh, made a point of saying the purpose of securing the oil region is to deny income to ISIS. Now, as for the U.S. strike that killed uh, al-Baghdadi, Esper was saying, Baghdadi's death will not rid the world of terrorism or end the ongoing conflict in Syria, but it will certainly send a message to those who would question America's resolve and provide a warning to terrorists who think they can hide. The joint- Marshall, I was looking at a little in-depth analysis of the hunting and snuffing of al-Baghdadi, yes. and one of the more interesting things I came across was that they were surprised that he was in Idlib province because he was surrounded by enemies including a handful of Islamic fundamentalist organizations and militias that are opposed to ISIS. Yes. So if you had a mental picture that there's one group of Kurds, there's ISIS, there's the Syrians, there's the Americans and the Russians and the Turks and the Iraqis, it's like 12 times more complicated than that every square mile in that part of the world. God, it's a nightmare. I can't imagine living in a part of the world where it's like that. Right, and, and people are more than willing to kill each other over mm-hmm. those differences. Right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. It is never more uh, is never more truthful than in that area of the country. Now, uh, when we're talking about al-Baghdadi, the Joint Chiefs uh, Chairman, uh, Mark uh, Milley, went on to add, Baghdadi's remains were then transported to a secure facility to confirm his identity with forensic DNA testing. And the disposal of his remains has been done and is complete. And was handled appropriately. Well, what does that mean? Now he confirmed that al-Baghdadi has been buried at sea with religious rites under Islamic custom. Okay, an effort not to enrage uh, Muslims around the world. He was dumped into the ocean. President Trump blasted... So there was enough left of him to dump into the ocean? Uh, Yeah. Because when I initially read the story, I kind of thought he must have just been blown into tiny bits, but... 
Yeah, I don't know uh, how good his suicide belt was. President Trump now blasting Chicago and the city's top cop during a conference of police chiefs yesterday at McCormick Place. Trump went after Chicago for its violence. It's embarrassing to us as a nation all over the world. They're talking about Chicago. Afghanistan is a safe place by comparison. Ooh. Ooh. Woof. Yeah. Well, Chicago's horrible. It's, it's well, parts of Chicago are horrible. It's, yeah, it, it's a troubling, troubling thing, and nobody's uh, willing to be honest about the root causes of it's, all the violence. It's mostly confined to an area, isn't it? A couple areas, yeah, a handful, but... But yeah, if you went I mean, to Chicago and you're like, you're going to a ball game, you're going to the museum, you're oh, going yeah, out you to... you walk eat. down Michigan Avenue, do a little shopping, go to Grant Park, look at that weird bean-looking thing, sure, yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. There is another reason, my friends, to just enjoy your cup of morning coffee. Yes, I it, am. It, I enjoy a cup of morning it's, coffee. It's got a bit of funk to it this morning, though. Sure. Doesn't somebody got to look into that? You got funky a wang coffee to it. Oh my God! Anyway, the latest, the latest study, coffee cure all or curse, has shown <laughs> that coffee is good for your gut health. Baylor College of Medicine researchers link ca- caffeine consumption. To healthy gut uh, m- uh, microbes. Over- Maybe a better question would be: Why did they do so many studies on coffee? Is it because so many people drink it? Is it because there's so much money involved? So, coffee's trying to come up with reasons on why you should drink more, or big tea is trying to. <laughs> <laughs> why are there so many studies on coffee? It's omnipresence, I would guess, yeah. in the U.S. I don't, I don't know. You'd think, you'd think if they decided, let's do five studies on coffee. They could probably answer any question anybody has. <laughs> anyway, they've discovered that coffee... A lot of people eat bread, too. How come there aren't so many studies on bread? Almost bread? never. Well, it's a I'll good tell you, point. Tell you, caffeine and coffee, I mean, it's America's most popular drug. So, uh, you know, you got to keep looking at it. And The uh, researchers found trillions of microorganisms that live in your digestive tract and affect your overall health benefit from your coffee consumption. Well, they're tired first thing in the morning, too. Sure. Man, I can't believe i got to deal with Joe's gastronomic health today. I need a shot of coffee. Wake him up, make you feel good. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. No, so we got a bunch of people to weigh in on the relationships at work thing, which fits in with the congresswoman who uh, is resigning, and the reason she was resigning is not because she was in a throuple or because it was uh, lesbi- hot, hot lesbian sex or because- naked bong hits or because she was sitting naked on a chair in a hotel room, although that should be a firing event. <laughs> um, it was just uh, like you have in your workplace for the most part. You know, superiors can't be involved in relationships with uh, with people beneath them. Um, or on top of them, however you do it. it oh boy, no, no! I think you're misunderstanding. Staffers, just a, beneath you on the flow chart. But I, I was, I was making the point that it's unrealistic to expect adults to uh, work together and not have relationships happen. I just, I just don't think you can. So, are the rules basically just to protect the company and lawyers and that sort of stuff, or, or are they actually forbidding it? Is it, is it, is it a nod and a wink, a don't get caught, or? Do they actually do they actually think people aren't going to get into relationships? I'll bet that varies pretty widely place to place. I think some places are dead serious about it uh, for reasons of liability almost entirely. And some places it's more wink and naughty. 
depends how deep your pockets are. Maybe I don't know. Well, yeah, but it still does. It still doesn't get past the fact that it's unrealistic. I mean, I understand why lawyers would make the rules and you'd follow the rules because you're going to get sued. But don't most polls show the vast majority of people meet someone at work? I mean, that's, well, it's that's a huge number. I don't. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people. It's a very very common place to meet. Uh, sure. Lovers and or people you end up marrying. I'll never cease to be amused that, especially earlier in our career when we were younger and everybody we were working with was younger and there were just more people around. Um, Jack always knew who was sleeping with whom. He could just pick up on it. And I, Joe, was just always clueless. He'd just say, oh, yeah, the two of them. Or, and I'd be like, what? They are? Really? I was <laughs> just completely clueless. Well, that's the way I am now. Cause I'm I, blind. I'm, I've got my life going the way it is, and I just I don't pay any oh, attention. Oh, so you don't so. notice yourself? No, no I, I, I don't. I thought I had I would like never. a weird kink in my brain. No, it's just if you're in that world, it's uh, yeah. it's obvious. But if you're not in that world, I don't pay any attention. Yes, Sean? The signs of flirtation can be pretty obvious when you're when you're engaged in the sport on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah exactly. That must yeah. be it. Yeah, I just had my nose to the ground. and uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't have any... No, head in the clouds. No, uh, Michelangelo and Sean could be hot and heavy. I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have any idea. You guys are. It's 2019. It's all on board, baby. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Who brushes whose hair? If you know what I mean. (laughs) Put a towel on the chair. Do not sit on the chair naked. Wow, you're disgusting. Well, you're a one cause candidate. That's the. To me, that's the only (laughs) scandal. A single issue in that story. Uh, But we got a bunch of texts about people uh, uh, dealing with that situation. And how power outage affected my son's uh, medical procedure at our electricity-free home yesterday. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Political correctness has its face, its place. Excuse me. We all want to live in a polite society. We just have to kind of work on the levels and come to an agreement of what that actually looks like. I personally am not afraid of other people's freedom of expression. I don't use it as a weapon. It just makes me feel better. And I'm sorry if I hurt anybody. Et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Everything I'm supposed to say. That was Dave Chappelle commenting that was on political, American hero Dave Chappelle commenting on political correctness. Yada yada yada. Everything I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Who's that for? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And I know we're going to do something else, but Michael Che of Saturday Night Live is uh, allegedly in trouble for something he said. Which joke? Um, the one about he referred to Bruce Jenner as a fella back when Bruce Jenner was a fella. And allegedly that's uh, transphobic and blah, blah, blah. Even except, if you're going back, except ain't nobody offended. Well, yeah, besides that, but uh, is that you're not supposed hmm, no, I didn't know that. Is that the rule? I will not dignify that question with an answer. He dead named okay. her. He called that her by did- his old name. That's dead naming. That's that's a no, no. Okay. So that's that's a that's a term. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm intrigued. That's a term I need to know. Dead namer. What? Okay. So if a person goes through the change, you need to refer to them currently and in the past by their new name and gender. Okay. That's I'm on board. Ridiculous. I follow the rules. Do you? Makes one of us. I've got but, a new way to offend people. I'm really excited. It's like getting a new guitar or something. So he's in trouble for that. Okay. Um. So uh get to some text we got about the congressperson that uh, is resigning 
the thruple, the naked hairbrushing, the Nazi tattoo. You know the story. It's not a Nazi tattoo. It's clearly not a Nazi tattoo, but it's fun to say, though. It is, because so it's was, so stupid. What was it? It was like a German military tattoo that ended up getting co-opted eventually. Is that kind of well, the, the iron backstory? The Iron Cross is actually an ancient symbol that the Nazis adopted. I mean, the swastika was a Navajo symbol. Right. So, yeah, it became associated with the, the, the German military, World War II. Nazi but it's just German. an iron cross. I mean, it's been used for all sorts well, of stuff the, in all well, sorts of ages. Well, yeah, but, but, you know, you can't use the swastika on anything now and say, it was a, it was a Native American symbol. I mean, that's not going to work for you. A listener gave me a uh, swastika spoon once. But this particular, but this particular kind of cross is omnipresent. It's all over the place. Right, on skateboards and helmets and, and uh, you know, T-shirts and X Games-y stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a kind of a semi-rebellious, rebel- dangerous-looking thing. Exactly, look at me. It's, yeah, it's kind Fear of... Fear me, kind of, sort of. <laughs> no, you can't pull that off with the, the swastika, though, and say, no, it's actually, they co-opted that. I'm taking it back. And it's not gonna, good luck with that. Okay. Good luck. You, good, you'd be right, but good luck trying that and well, winning no, that I'm argument in the media. I'm saying they're the same. Go ahead. I'm just saying get it's a swastika. the same sort of thing. <laughs> if you believe that, go ahead. Get no, the swastika give, on your right, forehead. give up. And try to fight that battle. I give up. No, 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 no. Why is everybody screaming? This is actually <laughs> on my forehead. What am I, Charles Manson, this scenario? It's a conversation starter. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is a, a true. It would start some conversations. So I live in Haiti, so we don't have electricity. Uh, and then well, you, you live in America's Haiti, California. Um, but so my son had one of his uh, medical infusions yesterday to deal with his pans. And you've either been following the story you haven't. But uh, just take it uh, on the face that he was getting a, a medical infusion. So the nurse is uh, showing up at uh, 839 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we're going to spring it on him because he's been in a horrifying panic. He's got OCD and a bunch of other stuff, too. So he's been in just a horrifying panic about doing this infusion and getting the, the, the IV put in. Like trying to run away from home and harm himself and stuff. And it's it's been pretty awful. But um, so we're worried about the, the, the medical procedure, knowing we're going to have to hold them down to get this infusion started and, oh, and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, lots of parents have held their kids down to get a needle in. It's part of being a parent, but it's not enjoyable. <laughs> I've never heard anybody who says, ah, no, this is perfectly oh, fine. No. It doesn't bother me a bit. No. no, it's torturous. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it is a terrible feeling because, you, well, your kid's being hurt. You're the person that protects them. They feel like you're lying to them or being part of the bad team and you switch just, teams yeah it's just it's 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 rough but You're anyway agent of their pain which is not cool so we got we got the iv started and it worked okay and he finally calmed down and he didn't oh, he didn't throw up God. this time and we got it in. we got it started and everything like that we got it in it's going he's playing with his new lego set which is one of his rewards for doing these things he's sitting on the floor with the iv drip in it because it's all day long different kinds of medications and the babysitter trips over his line and pulls it out of his arm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, no. He starts screaming. There's oh, blood all over the oh floor. Oh, no, God. He's screaming. Are you going to have to stick me again? Are oh, you going to no. have to stick me again? And God, because he's so bright. And, and everybody's oh, no. trying to uh, play it cool. Oh, no, it's no big deal. Can you use the same hole? Yeah, yeah, we'll use the same hole. So oh, we won't have gee, to actually stick many. you again. And Oh, God. People are driving off the and, road. And the poor babysitter who's just so fantastic and, and oh. so much his friend that he said last week he wishes we could adopt her. And that's it's like his sister and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, she's horrified. But you know why she tripped and fell down? Which is actually my fault. 
There are freaking cords everywhere running from the generator into the house for the medical equipment and the lights and to have the internet and everything like that because I have no GD electricity. Right. In so rural I, India. Yeah, in rural India, I got the yeah. wires running everywhere in this kind of jerry-rigged attempt to have electricity in my home from the generator right outside the door going all day long. <sighs> what kind of lifestyle is this? Crazy you, lifestyle. You live in the greatest tech capital on earth, so naturally it's like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I'm I'm within miles of where they're they're building the greatest electric cars. The internet was invented. The iPhone was invented. All these right. different things that they're they're pulling off. Some of the most you know where uh, where Elizabeth Holmes figured out how to use one drop of blood. All that's within you know an hour's drive of my home. And I've got wires going everything everywhere from a generator to try to have electricity. It's crazy. Elizabeth. Can't mention Elizabeth Holmes without hearing from Elizabeth Holmes. Hello, Hi, everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to need you guys to all finger yeah. stick. Uh, yeah, I needed, quickly, to, I just I needed need a, you yesterday. I just need a single drop of blood, and I can do <laughs> dozens and dozens I, of I don't tests. think you can. I don't think that's true. Uh, I think w you're lying to us. Would you like to pet my wolf? <laughs> it's not a <laughs> wolf. It's a regular dog. Have we ever asked you, Elizabeth, why you have such a low voice? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so where were we? Ah, uh, yes. But anyway, it all works it, out. We it's all bad governance. Oh, da down boy, down boy. <laughs> that's that's a regular dog. Um, it's all poor governance. If you're just becoming aware of all this crap that's happening in, in Cal Unicornia. It is not climate change. It is not bad luck. It's not a drought. It's bad governance. And someday, some beautiful day, the poor deluded dreamers of the state where reality has gone to die will wake up to it, I hope. So we were talking about the congresswoman who uh, resigned because she was uh, sexing up staffers, and you can't have that, and that's against the rules. And I was uh, trying to make the argument that I don't know if you can stop that singing sort of thing in the workplace, and I think a lot of people ignore those rules. And we got a bunch of texts from people who have ignored those rules because I just I feel like when the sparks fly either sexually or romantically, that's a heck of a thing to shut that down for when you say, you know, I'd, I'd love to have sex with you, or you know, I think you might be the one, but right. uh, we won't pursue this because it's against company policy. Right. So a lot of people do it, try to do it secretly. Um, uh, it's not the issue between the two parties; it's the third party that says we were you were discriminated against. Uh, that is the problem. Yeah, that's oh, where you get into trouble. Right. You two might be in agreement. Neither one of you, even with the power imbalance, neither one of you claiming you, you know, you used your bossiness to get me in bed or whatever. But if that person over there finds does, out your relationship. Work? Does that work, by the way? Just asking for a friend. Using your bossiness. Yes. Uh, if that person over there says, oh, you got that account because you're sleeping with the boss, that's where the that's where the problem starts. Bingo, bango. Call the lawyers. You got this text. I've absolutely avoided asking women out because I was in a position of authority over them. Okay. Of course, asking them out is different than the sparks were already flying. I just, I you know, mm, I don't know. Mutual sparks. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I met my wife and quit my job at uh, just so we could date. I met my wife at work. There's no way I would date a co-worker, although I'm the sort of person that would not have sex until I'm married. So, got that. Um, but they actually, one of them quit so that they could continue their relationship. And one person said it was against uh, my company policy, so I never slept with anybody. And by company policy, I mean I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I met my wife when we were both working at the same place, but it was in show business. So I think you'd get thrown out if you weren't sleeping with somebody else there. I mean, everybody was it was it was a a carnival of uh, of sexual release. It was an orgy. It was oh, what? A, it was uh, it was fun. There was hair brushings and whatnot. Oh, please. Every day. Armstrong. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.